up, what up, what up? Welcome to The Goalink Show. My name is Ben Harris. I am the founder of Goalink, a goal-setting community sharing weekly challenges and the journey. These challenges are inspired by brands to bring you new ways to develop and improve yourself. You can kick back and watch me take on these exciting and uncomfortable challenges, or you can join me. I invite every listener to complete these weekly goals. Catch the content on Instagram or Facebook at Golink Group. The Golink Show, this podcast, recounts experiences from the achievers of the world, but not just the success. We delve into the challenges and the struggle that we all face. How do we find the will to push through? What role do motivation, discipline, and even failure play in our lives? Let's talk about the process and not just the result. We discuss this and much more on the show. Thank you for tuning in. All right, you guys, this week is pretty powerful. My friend Jeff, he's a mentor and a coach. Um, He quit his job recently. Um, He quit his nine to five less than a year ago to be a mentor and a coach. This is an amazing interview. Please stay in tune, stay engaged the entire time. There's a ton of value. We talk about his awakening to stop settling that led him to quit his job. He bawled his eyes out in his own office after just watching a YouTube video. Why making a decision, an irrevocable decision, is it's incredibly powerful and how that attracts what you want to achieve. How he went from balancing his finances on spreadsheets every single night, really, he would every single night look at his finances on spreadsheets, to broke and unhappy. And why broke? It highlights what it what's really important in your life. Why mindset is more important than your skill set. Learn how much money he spends on his own self-development. This blew my mind. Stop resisting. Get what you want by non-resistance. How to start impressing yourself and not others. And in your relationships, you are first and foremost an individual. And why cutting out sarcasm is beneficial for any relationship. This is an awesome interview. Let's do it. All right, everyone, welcome to The Goaling Show. We got my man, Jeff, who actually used to be my old boss. So, Jeff, hello, sir. <laughs> How you doing, Ben? <laughs> um, it is a privilege to have Jeff. He, I've seen much growth from him, just observing him and his personal journey. We'll talk about um, his job changes, his journey, and... We'll just jump straight into it. I want to hear straight from Jeff, like about why, you know, why did he quit? Why did he do this job change? But Jeff, let's hear about where were you one to two years ago, like mindset and job wise? Very good question. So I've always been kind of a, um, I've been very motivated to, to never just settle in my life and I've all, I've had a job for the last few years that most people would say is a dream job and there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. I love the company. It was a, it was a great place. I love everybody there. And I, uh, the only thing I regret, you know, not regret, but miss about it are the people I worked with. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a, when I left, I had a hundred thousand dollar a year job mm-hmm. and I'd been there for seven years when the company was brand new and I kind of helped build a lot of what the department was doing. And, and I had a huge, very bright future there. In fact, I had some of my leadership tell me that I was absolutely insane for even thinking about going away. But I've always had a desire for more. And um, even though I I enjoyed the job and it was a good job in comparison to the average, I was, I was uh, not 
content with it. I wasn't mm-hmm. able to do a lot of things my way. And I didn't feel like I was waking up every morning saying, Hey, I'm about to change the world. I'm improving the world. And, and I wanted to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. And so a couple of years ago, my wife and I had an opportunity to go to a, a seminar. And as I was there, my eyes were opened. I thought my marriage was perfect. I thought my huh. life was perfect. And then all of a sudden I started getting that elbow to the, the stomach from mm-hmm. my wife saying, Paying, pay attention because <laughs> my hands were in my, my face and my elbows were on my knees and I was yeah. probably falling asleep. <laughs> and I, I was at the seminar and I started I started to ball. I really mm. did. And it's because I thought I had always been the f- a perfect husband and quickly realized I was falling short in a lot of areas. I was mm. probably above average in that case, but there were a lot of things that were that I was clueless on. And my point being is it was that day I realized I needed to stop settling. So I asked myself, what are my financial goals? What are my mm. goals for the rest of my life? Is $100,000 a year plus 3% per year going to get me to my dreams? And the honest answer was no. Mm-hmm. You see, most people, I think, would would ask the, or would look at it and say, well, does it get me to a decent lifestyle and does it get me by? And the answer was yes, but that wasn't the question. I asked, does it get me to my dreams? And it mm-hmm. did not. And furthermore, when I was at that seminar, it changed my life. And I realized I wanted to be waking up every single day having clients, having people that can honestly come to me and say, Jeff changed my life because of something mm-hmm. he taught me. It put my life on a completely different course and went that way. And and so I wasn't doing that at my current job or at my job at the time. And so it was time to make a change. And so, uh, you know, it, I mean, it wasn't overnight. This was over a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I finally got to the point where it was time to, to give up on the job and, and move on. There was never, you know, I always had people say, Hey, if it doesn't work out, come back. Well, in the back of my mind, I'm saying, well, thank you, but it's not going to happen. I will never be back because I found my new course. (laughs) Okay. That's awesome. What made you like, what made you really do it? Cause it is scary and we'll get into some of your challenges that you've had to go through, but what was that final straw of like, yep, I'm jumping. Let's freaking do it. Right. Uh, I'm a, I'm a very spiritual person, mm-hmm. um, whether you, you look at it from a religious spiritual or, or a mindset spiritual. It was at the end of 2017. I sat down for the first... I mean, I, I'd set goals every year, but honestly, I it was to the point where each year I'd look back and I'd ask myself, did I do this year what I wanted to do? And the answer mm. was always no. Mm. And it was at the end of 2017, I was fed up with that. And I said, no more. I put my foot down and said, I will never have another year where I look back and I was unsatisfied with my What's an example of that? Like, do you remember what's one, like, what's one thing that you weren't happy with? Well, uh, you know, uh, things that I used to say were out of my control, but I've quickly learned that there's nothing in life outside of our control. I will argue with anybody on that point and we'll <laughs> talk all day. There's nothing outside of our control. Mm-hmm. Things like I didn't get promotions I wanted. Mm-hmm. I wasn't the, making the income I wanted. Um, you know, even little things like one time I told myself I wanted to learn a little bit of Spanish and I didn't, I didn't get anywhere. Mm. And I was sick of telling myself, or I wanted to be a certain weight. And so up to that point in 2017, one of the things that I was happy with was I, I ended up losing about 35 pounds in 90 Mm. days. Mm -hmm. And I was so happy with that. And I realized, okay, all the goals I had set that I didn't achieve, how do I feel about those? And then I looked at the one that I did achieve and I thought, that's the greatest feeling I've ever had. I want to have more of that Mm. in my life. So I really was sitting there at the end of 2017 saying, this is ridiculous. So I sat down and I wrote probably 50 goals. Mm -hmm. And most people who know what they're doing now would say that's a little excessive and you can't (laughs) focus on those things. However, at the time, and I agree with that, 
by the time it got my juices flowing there. And I actually put on the goal that I wanted to be able to leave my old job by the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. I wrote that down. And again, as a very spiritual person, I kind of got on my hands and knees and I wanted mm-hmm. to pray about it. And, you know, I wanted to know if, if I was on a, a decent course and immediately it was, it was the craziest thing. You know, it's hard to explain. It's hard for people to believe, but it was mm-hmm. as if in fireworks, June 30th <laughs> just flashed across my mind, huh. like, like nothing I'd ever felt like. Mm-hmm. And instantly in my mind, I knew Jeff, you need to be gone from your job by June 30th. Interesting. And I'd given myself all year, but it was now I'm down to six months and I'm going, okay. And I agreed with it. Like my mind was like, all right, I have to do this. And so I told my wife about it and she honestly did a happy dance. I thought she was going to be nervous, but she threw her hands in the air and was celebrating because she knew how frustrated I could get sometimes on the job or, and and that I didn't love my job. And she knew I was destined for more than that. Mm -hmm. And so I, I got to tell this story because it's 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 so so awesome. So I made the decision. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I didn't mm-hmm. know where I was going to go or how I'd even make any money. But I was gone by June thirtieth. Mm-hmm. Well, a week later, I was sitting in my office at work, and I didn't typically uh, scour the internet for YouTube videos. But in this particular <laughs> moment, I was feeling a little bit down. Like, hey, I'm leaving my job, and I don't know what. So yeah. I pulled up a YouTube video, and I came across a Bob Proctor video, mm-hmm. and it's called uh, This One Habit That Will Change Your Life or something like that. And so I watched it. It's about 15 minutes long, and I'm not kidding you. I started in my office at, at my job, <laughs> was bawling, <laughs> bawling my eyes out because yeah. he talked about the whole time was mm-hmm. decision and the power of decision. Mm. Because what happened was I made the decision to go and I had no idea what I was going to do, all those kind of things. But I had started to see certain things happen to me that had never happened before, mm. right? Certain opportunities that, that I hadn't really taken advantage of yet, but I had, I had, they were presented to me. And so I watched that video and it really, he, he was talking about when you make decisions, irrevocable decisions, that you're going to do something. You don't need to, in fact, you shouldn't know how. But when you make that decision, you get on the same vibration, the same frequency mm-hmm. as the goal that you want to achieve. And so it, what was insane was that the, the few weeks after that, all of a sudden I had met mentors I'd never heard of. Mm. I got a call from the Proctor Gallagher Institute asking if I wanted to become a Proctor Gallagher consultant so that I could sell their thinking results program and facilitate that and teach that to people. That's weird. So that was a week later after you watched the Proctor video? Well, yeah, after that, it was like weeks, every single week. So let me put it this way. If you look on uh, significant events that happen throughout your life, uh-huh. each year, maybe something big happens. It was honestly to the point where something that big was happening every single week. Hmm, that's awesome. And all of a sudden I'm sitting there by the end of January with three or four different career paths I could go down. One was a financial career path. I could have gone down in financial coaching. Mm-hmm. Another one was uh, personal mentoring and developing which is the path i ultimately chose but Mm -hmm. i had no idea how i was going to go down that but the point is is throughout the year things progressed and so all of a sudden i'm I'm to april and i go to a seminar and at this point i'm still planning and by this time i've actually told my boss i'm leaving by june and i didn't give him an you told him that i told him that yeah dude i didn't know that it was it was in march that i pulled him aside and said hey i'm uh i don't know when but within the next three months, by by June 30th anyway, I'm I'm done. And he's like, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to be a coach. And he, I mean, I could see it in his eyes. Yeah. Okay, well, I'll see you back here by July. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was at a seminar in April. And the same feeling I got when 
kind of June 30th flashed in my eyes. It was like, all right, it's the end of this month. Mm -hmm. And I think part of the reason, you know, that happened was if initially I I told myself I was going to be gone by the end of April, I never would, like it would have scared me too much, Mm -hmm. but it's like, all right, June was enough time. So I started preparing for Mm -hmm. it, but I got so prepared. I, I followed what Bob talked about in making decisions and things will cut. You'll, it's not that all of a sudden things magically appear, Mm -hmm. but the opportunities that you would not have ever recognized, you start to recognize them and follow them. Mm -hmm. So it's like when you raise that level of awareness, something that you just, you, you know, people put their head down and they're looking at the street and they're not even paying attention. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden when you stick your head up and you look around, wow, there's opportunities around everyone. Well, and it's funny. It's the same phenomenon. I forgot what it's called, but like when you buy a new car Mm -hmm. or you think about buying a new car, you now see that car everywhere. You make it out. Right. It's the, it's the RAS, right? The reticular activating system. Part of the subconscious mind that holds people from doing things. So that's what it is. Is just like, you're switching your consciousness. It's like, it's always there, but once you've made that decision, so I'm going to take, I'm going to have some takeaways for that. That's well, interesting. Well, think about it. With any car, honestly, you could tell yourself before you go to the dealership, I can't mm-hmm. afford that call or that car. You can tell yourself, I can't afford a new house, but I promise you, you start walking through enough houses, you start driving enough cars. Mm-hmm. Somehow, you're going to find ways mm-hmm. in which you can get the money for that house because you're, you're, you're reprogramming your mind. So that is the power of decision. When mm-hmm. you make a decision, and I tell people this all the time, I say, well, that scares me. I don't care. When you make a decision, you're going to do something. Mm-hmm. You don't need to know how you, you, we have, <laughs> our minds are like no other mind in the world. You know, mm-hmm. animals are just animals. They don't have the imagination. They don't have intuition, mm-hmm. those kind of things. They have instinct, mm-hmm. but that's it. But see, what we have as human beings is this incredible ability to raise our awareness. Mm-hmm. When you just decide something, your mind automatically focuses on it and figures out a way to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, when I, when I left my old job, it was scary and I had no idea what I to do, but or I was, I had no idea what I was going to do. But what happened was mm-hmm. over the four months I had seen so much progressive or progression between January and April to when I finally left my job, mm-hmm. I had so much faith that, all right, if I just go out and do this and this is all I'm focusing on, it's going to work out. And it really has in a big way. That's awesome, dude. And from the people, for the people listening, you can tell Jeff is passionate and dude, he, his face is just beaming and he, and he loves this stuff. <laughs> but I've personally seen since Jeff, how long did we work together? Five uh, years? Five years. Four yeah, or five like years. That, yeah. So I saw a big change in your presentation skills and confidence. Um, and even you quitting a safe job, I don't think it doesn't fit your perceived personality. Would you agree with that? Mm-hmm. So how did you unlocked, unlock this new side of you? Great question. So you're right. I was always a safe guy. Mm-hmm. I was the kind of guy that whether my budget was $1,000 or $5,000, I was going to track every single penny, <laughs> no matter what. And I did it every night. It wasn't weekly. It wasn't monthly. You did it every night? Every single night. Jeez, and I, you know, I was to the point and, yeah. uh, to where I was like, all right, for me and my wife, I want $10,000 each in the emergency fund. For every kid, I want 5000 I want a repair fund. Like all these, I had all these different funds set up because mm. I was not, anything that could go wrong, I was going to prepare for. Huh. Like that's kind of how I've always been. So if, if myself from four years ago had seen where I'm at today, I would be, my head would explode. <laughs> Just would explode because I was that safe guy in everything I did. Uh. Even though I was still ambitious, I was very safe. But once I learned what we are truly capable of, mm. <laughs> when I say we, you know, I, I did this at my old job as a manager and I, mm. I regret it where I would look at certain people and say, he's capable, she's capable. They're not, you know, I mm. would categorize people. 
I, I don't plan on it, but if I were to be given that opportunity again, mm-hmm. I'm not looking for that opportunity, but if I were sitting there as a manager again, <laughs> yeah. evaluating people, I would say everybody is capable of doing it. Mm-hmm. Who's willing to put in the work? Yes. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. I used to, I used to categorize people by skill set, and it's really by mindset. It is. Because I, I don't care what you're, and so I'll give you an example. So when you were working for me at the time, yeah. and you talk about my progress, Ben, I, I, there's very few people in my life I've seen progress like you have. And oh, thank you, a, sir. I tip my hat to you. <laughs> there was honestly a time, and I'm going to be blunt with you, and yes. you know this, I've told you this story, mm-hmm. where um, we were sitting there and we were um, evaluating certain employees, yeah. and he, as a supervisor, you had been at the bottom of the list. Yes. I mean, you were looked at somebody story, that, uh, that the next year, you were mm-hmm. going to be managed out of the organization if things yeah. didn't change. Mm-hmm. And I put my foot down and I kind of said, I honestly did. Mm-hmm. I looked at my, my boss at the time and said, over my dead body, is that going to happen? Yeah. And here's why. Mm-hmm. Your skill set at the time may not mm-hmm. have matched the skill set of some other people. Yeah. But there was something inside of you that I knew you were going to change, that you were going to get much better. You had a certain, I guess, quality that other people didn't have. And that was this innate ability to to, to grow and to learn and to be teachable. Mm-hmm. See, I had a lot of people that came to me. They were extremely smart, but they wouldn't let me teach them anything. Mm-hmm. You always walked in with an open mind saying, just tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And so after that, you know, um, and it's all, you know, uh, it's all you that did the work. You had to do all the work, but, mm-hmm. but it was very clear to me that you would do it. And then it was the next year you know, I think that same manager who said, Hey, it's time to manage, manage Ben out. Yeah. He came to you and said, Hey, will you come be, will you come help me as one of my, yeah. my top managers at this organization? Yeah. I mean, it was that fast and it was astonishing to me how quickly you had changed. Mm-hmm. So again, that's why I say it, that taught me it comes down to the mindset, not the skill set. Now the skill set is critical, critical, but if you, you can have all the skill set in the world, you don't have the mindset. Skill set's worthless. Dude, I love it. Well, thanks for telling that story and tipping my hat. Usually I don't talk about myself, but thank you. I will I will accept that. And I'll, I'll be honest, like it feels great, you know, to hear that. And it's yeah. sometimes like that's just reassuring, you know, to not only me, but to only people. And it fires me up. I like when people doubt me, actually. Yeah. And maybe at that time it would have broke me. Like, what? Like why you know but i can see why like i know now like i wasn't performing but you know average completely and i tell the story that i was nowhere i was at the bottom you know and you were the guy that everybody loved and you wanted (laughs) to be likable yeah you kind of got past that Mm -hmm. yeah okay cool i love it man so i know part of your presentation skills you've taken and you mentioned seminars um you're a fiend for seminars and learning (laughs) and mentors do you mind telling us how much money you spent in 2018? Yeah, so uh, 2018, the exact figure. Um, <laughs> I know you have it to the penny. <laughs> well, let me let me put it this way: over the last three years, it's it's been pretty close to eighty thousand dollars. 2018 was 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 quite the um, was was much bigger. It, it escalated, mm-hmm. but it was somewhere between seventy and seventy five thousand uh, dollars. Dude. And that's in, right? Like a, a lot of people are saying, Jeff, what the freak are you doing, bro? Like $80,000, what, like that's more money than people make in a year. Like I understand it and I love it. Like I think crazy is good. Yeah. Um, And I don't want you to justify it, but why do you love that so much? And why do you, like, why do you believe in seminars or coaching or, you know, what you do for a living so much? 
You see, I, I see a lot of people struggle throughout their life. Actually, <laughs> let me step back for a little bit, and hopefully this makes a little bit of sense. Mm-hmm. If you look at the progression of a regular, normal person throughout their life, a child between the age of you know newborn to two years old, how much do they progress? I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> if you study an yeah. infant, how fast they grow and they learn. Because what are they doing? They have no choice but to have an open mind. It slows a little bit after two years old. But even Mm -hmm. up until eight, until 10 years old, you are growing and learning so much because you're forced to. You're going to school. You know, each year you're expected to do greater things. And then what happens is you get to 16 years old and you you learn how to drive. Well, before that, driving was foreign to you, Mm -hmm. right? Well, quickly two years later or however many, (laughs) however, you know, as you mature in that, Driving becomes second nature. It becomes easy. But what happens is you get through the end of school, then all of a sudden you're expected to go to college, get married, raise Mm. a family. But what happens after that? If you look at the progression of most human beings between zero and 20 to 25, 30 years old, Mm -hmm. there's that progression. And then after that, it just flatlines. Mm -hmm. Oh, and really, I guess it doesn't flatline because I truly believe nothing in the universe stays the same. It either Mm -hmm. grows or it, 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 it decays. Uh, di- it decays. It digresses. Yeah. And so um, what happens if you were to if you were to analyze most human beings, there's this huge growth curve and then it stops. Mm-hmm. I saw that with myself. Mm. I saw that with I for some reason I was able to step back and look and say, Holy cow, how much did I did I learn between you know as, as a young kid in each year? Why do you just stop growing? And people use the excuse that as you get older your brain stops mm-hmm. all what that's just bull crap. I'm mm-hmm. saying you know, it just is. It's that people get to a certain age where they don't need to grow anymore. It's true. They get into a job where 3% per year is good enough. Well, why is that? Because between 14 and 18 or whatever age you want to pick, why was it 50% a year? Why was it, mm-hmm. why is 3% growth in, you know, you as a person, not just financially, but you as a person, why is that sufficient? It's not, hmm. but to 99% of people, it is. I like, I like this thought of um, financial, you said 3% financially at the job, you know, that's the average, but actually like looking at that, like your personal growth. Yeah. Your skill set, your, your knowledge. 3% per year. Is that enough? Like for you personally? And like, I think that's a good average. Dude, that is for sure a good average <laughs> for like personal growth. Fascinating. Okay. Well, and let me put it this way. Yeah. I can say for 2018, I just to kind of, I guess, answer the question a little bit better. <laughs> 2018, I can honestly say I have learned more in the last six months than I had learned in 10 years before that. I love that, man. And so... And it's because of mentors and investing in myself. Mm-hmm. I can't take... I can go make a billion dollars in my lifetime. I'm not taking any of that with me. The only thing I'm taking mm-hmm. with me is what's in my mind and why not develop it. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you talk about the lessons you've learned over the last six months and the last deep, you know, conversation we had was six months ago. And you mentioned some things that you would have done differently. So April or May, 2018, you quit your nine to five. Uh, it, it was, uh, my last day was May 4th. Okay. Uh, so May 4th, 2018. And then three months later we talked, you did have some lessons that you've learned, but what, would you do differently? Like if you're giving advice, not as like a coach necessarily, but just any business, how could you have prepared differently? That's a very good question. And I could speak for probably 10 hours on this. (laughs) Uh, but the biggest piece of advice I could give, and it's, it's at the risk of, uh, saying something that's hard to understand. Mm. It's stop resisting. And Mm. what I mean by that Mm -hmm. is 
there's this universal law. So I've, I've become obsessed with universal law. It's the way everybody operates. If you're, uh, uh, if you, you know, believe in God, then it's the way God operates or the universe, however you want to put it. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, I've become obsessed with universal law. Mm-hmm. Gravity, if something falls, it will fall the same every single time. It doesn't matter who tries it, these kind of things. And so people always make excuses. Well, it doesn't apply to me. Well, universal law applies to literally everybody. Mm-hmm. And one of those laws is the law of non-resistance. When you walk into a store and those doors open automatically, what they're doing is making sure that there's no resistance between the client and the sale, mm-hmm. you know, as there's more resistance. And my point on that is when I started in, as an entrepreneur, I kept asking myself, what, how, do I, how do I avoid problems? How mm-hmm. do I avoid challenges? And so when we talked, I mm-hmm. sat there and I listed all these things that, yeah. hey, Ben, I wish I would have done better. At that time, I had no idea the law of non-resistance. Mm. I didn't respect it. And so I, I would sat there in this entire conversation. I told you all the things I wish I would have done differently. Mm-hmm. And what did that get me? It got me into, and we'll probably talk about it in a moment, where <laughs> I honestly had yeah. felt an actual depression mm-hmm. for the first time that I had felt in seven years. And that was for another, another uh, life event. But I was mm-hmm. literally depressed sitting there. I'm ready to give up my job. And once I started to learn that challenges and obstacles they're nothing more than a stepping stone to your goals. Mm-hmm. Don't avoid them. Quit resisting them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if you if you imagine a stream or water that that starts so small, water doesn't stop in front of a boulder and say, "Dang it, it's in my way." Water <laughs> doesn't even think about it. Water just goes around it. It yeah. doesn't give it any thought. Mm-hmm. And what happens is it grows into this unstoppable force that can take Mm -hmm. out buildings and all these different Mm -hmm. things. And so once I learned to stop resisting challenges and problems, and I look at every problem and say, okay, how do I get over this now? Or not even that way. Just, just, Mm -hmm. just how do I learn from it? What do I need to learn from it? Because guess what? Now when I'm on top of that, I'm excited for the even bigger challenge after that, because now I'm going to be better off. It's like a 16 year old who's just learning how to drive. It seems like an insurmountable problem. Mm -hmm. Well, now it's not you can do it in your sleep. Well, hopefully not, but you can you, you just do it with unconsciously. <laughs> yeah. And so when you just tell yourself, okay, every obstacle I get over is just now going to be this bridge to something amazing, a stepping stone mm-hmm. to my goal, then you just let it flow. Then as challenges occur, you know, it can be something as simple as, oh, you go broke. <laughs> you can't pay your bills. Instead mm-hmm. of looking at that and saying, Oh my gosh, what happens? Then my credit's gonna be destroyed, or they're gonna come take my stuff, or all mm-hmm. of these things. Instead, you just say, okay, what do I need to learn from this? Hmm. What's the opportunity and what opportunity, you know, what opportunity is coming after that? And when I learned that, I honestly, and it's hard, it's not, I'm not a master of this, but when I honestly started saying there's no such thing as challenges, they're learning opportunities, that's the best lesson I've ever learned. I love that, dude. Um, so while we're on this topic, how do you practically, like not philosophically right. or through speculating, right, or platitudes, <laughs> right? That's the word. Um, how do you push through self-doubt? Like really, when you got down on yourself, how do you push through it? Like what's a practical difference? The first step is to understand you'll never overcome it. <laughs> you can become... I love that, dude, so much. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> the day that anybody stops telling or tells you that you're going to, you no longer have to lift a dumbbell or you never have to go bench press. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets... Uh, to the to the mm-hmm. strength they want, and they're done. You never mm-hmm. arrive. You will always that. have them. However, when you look at a seasoned uh, uh, veteran at the gym, they love dumbbells. They love all the things they used to hate. Mm. And so really, it comes down to this. 
understand you're going to have those bad days and you're going to have those bad moments within good days. Mm-hmm. And I used to look at it and say, Oh my goodness, what do I have to change in my life? How do I yada, yada, yada. But you honestly look at it and say, sure, this sucks, mm-hmm. but tomorrow it's going to be fine. It's going to be better. But if it, every single time I felt like it sucked, I had to start asking how I need to, what I need to give up, what I need to change, what I need to go back to before well, all you're doing is looking in the rearview mirror and you're going to be hitting everything that's in front of you as a huge <laughs> barrier. I love that. And I think like, I think that's just a practical skill and we can leave it like that. And like, honestly, just do it. Just keep going. That's the, that's the lesson is no matter yeah. how tired you are, no matter how much you want to give up, there's always another step and mm-hmm. just know your energy may be drained, but it always recharges. Just keep going. I love that, man. Um, so talk about, you said a depressive episode. Um, so this happened just a few months ago, yeah. a couple months ago. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, whatever you're comfortable with, talk about that challenge. Like, how did you get there? I'm a completely open book. Mm-hmm. And uh, to be quite honest with you, when I left my job, I had a very healthy savings account. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the time November hit, I had zero dollars. Dude, that's insane. Absolute no money. And... But I didn't look at that as a, a step back or I've mm. fallen backwards. I very, you know, there was a moment where I'm looking at it saying for the first time in my life, again, this was the safe guy who, yeah. I mean, I didn't just pay my bills. I mean, I, I was three months ahead on all my bills all the time, my whole life. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and, and, and so my thing was, was I finally got to the point where I was faced with, wow, I'm actually broke and mm. I can't pay my bills. I can't, I, I, I didn't have money in there. Mm-hmm. Now I'm fortunate to have family around and those kind of things mm-hmm. to help make sure at least we have gas through the winter. But I hit this point where my entire world felt like it was falling apart. Mm-hmm. And what I learned in that moment was that I had tied myself value, myself worth to money, to money. Mm-hmm. Every dollar I had was like one more point towards my self value. <laughs> and what that means is that's not real self value. Mm-hmm. That's nothing. It means nothing. Uh, I heard a story once, and I'm glad I had heard it before this time. I heard a story once of Thomas Edison Mm -hmm. where his his entire shop burnt down to the ground. His entire life's work (laughs) burnt down. When he went and got all his neighbors and said, come out, there's a pretty cool fire show to to come watch. He he looked at it as an opportunity to make it even better. And Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, the value of a supportive spouse, I guess the part where my life is incredibly easy compared to, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe a lot of people is I've got a spouse who, whose mindset is, it blows me away. I was having those moments of where I really felt depressed. Like I couldn't do anything. I felt worthless. I honestly felt like the world was falling apart. I kept asking myself, why would I leave a a six figure job Mm -hmm. to be broke? And she kept telling me, what's your purpose? And she kept asking me that. And I said, I I did this so that I can have an impact on other people's lives, that I can help parents. That's my specific niche is how do I help parents improve their families so they can avoid divorce or avoid, you know, poor relationships with their kids. And when when I answered that, I I had to be real with myself and saying, if I, if I stop what I'm doing right now to go back to my old job, that's selfish. Mm. It's, taking care of my all my wants and desires right then and there. Whereas I also knew that if I kept pushing through it and kept working on my skill set and my mindset, because guess what? Once I learn something, you can't take that away from me. Mm-hmm. You cannot take that away from me. So I, I, you know, she helped me realize 
that as I just kept trying to learn and practice and get better and just keep moving forward, that's it. Um, I started to have hope and it took me a couple weeks there. I would have those episodes where I honestly, um, in fact, there's this one night I woke up in the middle of the night and my head was numb. My head Whoa. and my neck, they were numb. Like you, when you Just fall asleep. Just because you were so stressed? Like, yeah, it was tanks. anxiety. It was, an, it, was a, it was a having a panic attack. Uh-huh. And it was like when you wake up on your hand and your, your fingers are tingling. Uh, your my neck and my head were tingling. And I was like hitting my head so that I could feel something. That's, that's, that's wild, what I wanted. bro. Yeah, and so I went and I got, and it's weird. At two o'clock in the morning, I went and jumped in the shower to try to do something. I went downstairs afterwards because that wasn't working. And I turned on a movie. I was just trying to distract myself. Mm. I was up for four hours with having this panic attack and I was, I was losing my mind. Mm. Anyway, that was that next day that I was like, I'm done. I'm, I can't do this anymore. And my wife kept pushing me through. Well, I never had anything that bad after that. And honestly, now the last you know month and a half since those episodes were happening, happening, I've honestly never been happier in my life. That's interesting, dude. <laughs> I think going broke for you is a good thing because you hit a point and you realized that it wasn't that scary. Honestly, I, I remember telling myself, it was on Thanksgiving Day, mm-hmm. I told myself that if somebody walked up to me and handed me a billion-dollar check and said, I will erase November for you, and if, if you take huh. this billion-dollar check, I would turn it down 100 times out of 100. Wow. Bro. I would turn – I would. there is nothing in this world that could get me to agree to take away the learning experience I had in November. That's powerful, And man. And to be honest with you – you know, I'm mm-hmm. not telling anybody to go make stupid decisions so that they can go broke. <laughs> but honestly, yeah. the learning lessons I had were priceless. And uh, if you ever have the opportunity, sounds weird, to go broke in your life, um, it's, yeah. it's going to open your eyes. Because what happens is you mm-hmm. really start to understand what's important. Mm-hmm. And when you, what most people do when they're broke is they sell themselves out so they can stop being broke. Mm-hmm. Well, when you let go of your self-value, your character, and everything that's important to you, that means most to you, you know, what do you, what else do you have? And see, a lot of people, they, well, I don't want to be broke. I don't want my friends, my family to see all these things. Yeah. It's embarrassing. Quite frankly, how many of those people have called you in the last two months anyway? Yeah. I'm sorry. How many mm-hmm. of them? But guess what? You're with yourself every minute of every day. Yep. And when you can't live with yourself, you can't, you, there's nothing worse. So I promised myself in those moments, I'm going to impress myself mm-hmm. and my myself will be impressed with never giving up, you know, and then it gives everybody the opportunity when I, when I'm doing fine in a year or two, they can look back and say, Hey, that's the guy that, that, you know, why is his life so great and so easy? And it's not that I want people to look at me and envy me, but Mm -hmm. what they, you know, I've, I've looked at, I've honestly done that in my life where I look at millionaires or I look at these people who've made it, you know, big in their life. Mm -hmm. And I say, Oh, why are, why is it so easy for them? They never told us the story of when they were broke mm-hmm. and they felt like their world was falling apart, but they kept going. Mm-hmm. And that's that's priceless. Right. And just what you mentioned earlier, like you're never done. It's never over. Never over. But your challenge is it's like you you get bigger problems. Yeah. And that's what you want. You want to upgrade your problems. You want mm-hmm. to take your problems from oh my goodness, I was on the playground and this person was mean to me. You know, you <laughs> progress throughout your life to all hey, of a sudden, yeah. hey, <laughs> I've got a, you know, and this is just, you know, this is my next problem I'm looking forward to is I've got a million dollar business. Yeah. How do I, how do I manage all mm-hmm. this, this clientele and all those things? And you just keep upgrading your problems. And as you keep doing that, you keep growing. Mm. Dude, I love it. Dude, you're, you're pumping me up right now. Um, so you mentioned your wife and your wife is obsessed with self-development just as much as you are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, how I imagine this is priceless and immensely 
important, but how is it important to have, let's speak generally, not to you, right? but how is important, how important is it to have a supportive partner, but a partner who pushes you and holds you accountable? And what practices do you do or process to like for each other to hold each other accountable? Like, do you do quarterly, weekly check-ins? Like, what do you guys do? That's a phenomenal question. It makes me think for just a moment. I have to preface this that or you know this answer with first and foremost, you're an individual. Mm-hmm. You are an individual, Preach, and man. your results will always come down to you. Mm. Now, what does that mean? If you hire a team of people to help you run your business and they fail, it's not their fault. It's It's your fault. Mm -hmm. It's developing this mindset that your entire life is your doing. Mm -hmm. Now, if your life sucks and you're in hell and things are going well, you know, you are going really wrong. You could look at that and say, well, I can't do this anymore. I'm a failure. Or you could look at it and say, wow, I have a a big learning opportunity in front (laughs) of me and I can get through this. So, you know, with a partner, it is incredibly important to have people who will support you. The reason I had to preface it with you, it all comes down to you mm-hmm. is because no matter what they do wrong, no matter, you know, how down they get, you have to understand your results in your life. The law, the law of cause and effect says what you do, you're going to get the results that are in equal proportion to that. And so, uh, having a, again, I got extremely lucky in, in, in my life with having a very supportive spouse, but this is what I would say. If you're, if you're somebody who doesn't have a supportive spouse, uh, you have to take a good hard look at what you want to do. And I, mm-hmm. I, I truly believe this is if, if your spouse loves you and you're passionate enough about something there, they may not understand it, but if they can feel your passion, they're not going to stand in your way. And I guess in a blunt way, if they do, then you have to bring out your individual out, you know, individuality as a person and say, no, I'm putting my foot down and this is my desire. Mm-hmm. Is if you live your whole life trying to please somebody uh, and you're doing things you don't want to do, yeah. guess what? You get to be there in 20, 30 years resenting that person and you're miserable. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you should be the type of person that should, you know, tell your spouse, hey, it's my way or the highway. There's always compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always compromise if you just have a business partner that's not yeah. a spouse. But at the end of the day, if you believe in something strongly enough, you do it. Mm. And and so I, I may not be the perfect person to talk about this because I have had a very supportive spouse, but yeah. and I know people who've wanted to do things and their spouse is saying, no, you're not doing this. The thing I can tell them is is you have to step into your power and you have to be who you want to be. And I've had a, I've had a, honestly, I, I had a situation in my life a few years ago, I won't get too much into the detail, mm. where I was doing some things that my spouse wouldn't have approved of. Mm. And... I thought if I had told her about it, it it was going to ruin my marriage. It was going to mm. ruin certain things. But one day I had this realization that if I'm living a lie, I'm not living. Mm. So I had to be honest with myself and just be completely honest with her. I, I just use that experience because that is a personal experience. But but to anybody who's like, all right, I want to do something, but I can't, you're wrong. I don't care. I, I really don't care what you want to do and you say you can't do. Mm-hmm. If you want to do it, there's always a way. But the only people who don't find that way are the people who like to make excuses and they're afraid. Once you decide that fear is no longer going to impact your life, even if you don't have a supportive spouse or partner in something you believe in, maybe you have to go out at it alone and, and just tell them, look, if you, you love me, you'll support me uh, and just keep going. I love it, man. So what do you guys do like right now? Do you have like a process? 
to evaluate your marriage or anything like that? Well, the process is to communicate. Mm-hmm. Communication. I talk to people all the time who have uh, marriages that are, you know, they feel like they're falling apart or they're lonely or things like that. And it's because they don't talk. Mm-hmm. You've got to talk. So what we do is we've gotten to the point where we're so in tune with what each other. I mean, honestly, intuition is a mental faculty that when people understand intuition and we, you know, that's one of the things I teach is how to develop that intuition. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's scary. Like you can honestly start to uh, connect with people's thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so my wife and I have gotten to the point where we're so connected, but we keep talking, we, you know, we keep doing these things and we've gotten to the point where we utilize each other's strengths. Mm. So I hate admin stuff. Mm -hmm. I hate Facebook ads. I hate, (laughs) there's certain things that I hate, uh, but there's other things that I'm incredible at. Mm -hmm. You know, I can sit down and I can honestly feel like I can mentor somebody no matter what their challenge is. We're going to figure out a way for them to get through that. Mm -hmm. My wife doesn't care about that stuff as much. She's not as into the, you know, interacting with people face to face or over the phone or things like that. But she loves Facebook ads. She loves doing these things. So we've set it up in our business where, you know, and Darren Hardy says this all the time. Mm -hmm. Love Darren Hardy. He's one of the best mentors in the world. And he says, you need three things that you are incredible at and that you love doing. And if you only focus on those three things every single day, it's going to blow your mind how, you know, how much progress you had. Mm-hmm. So a couple of months ago, my wife and I said, all right, what are my three tasks that I'm, it doesn't mean I'm not going to do more than three, but the three things that I am directly responsible for. What are the three things that she's directly responsible for? I'm directly responsible for enrolling clients, for uh, developing content and for ultimately training. Her three things are Facebook ads, um, taking care of all the accounting and the admin and things like that, and and making sure that that she's kind of the support of the business. Those are kind of her big things. And yeah. And so anyway, I mean, I guess in a nutshell, what I would say is you have to communicate, and you have to be honest with each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So if I could t- just going back to November for just a second, mm-hmm. if I told you the number of times as a very, you know, thinking I'm a big macho, strong male, uh, presence. And if I told you the number of times I cried that month, uh, you would, you, you know, you may laugh at me. I mean, it was every <laughs> single day, multiple times for like two weeks. Damn. And what I learned from that is it's healing. Mm-hmm. We go back to that law of non-resistance, quit mm-hmm. resisting it, let it flow through you. Mm-hmm. And then once you do, I mean, there's not a person in the world who hasn't cried and feels better. Like you cry and then afterwards it's, it's almost weird how you feel so much better. Mm-hmm. It's because you're healing your body, you're healing your mind and it allows you to keep going forward. Uh, but just quit resisting things, communicate and uh, play to your strengths. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and that's with realizing, understanding that that doesn't mean you don't have to do things you are terrible at or you don't want to do. You're going to have to do those things. But uh, as you get better at playing your strengths and keep pushing through it, eventually you get to the point where you can hire that out to somebody else. Yeah. And thank you for explaining that. Like, I love that relationship. And if it wasn't clear, you guys work together for the business. Um, so, and can you, I just say one more yeah, thing? I'm sorry sure, to man. cut you off. Dude, this, I don't care if this is for your marriage or your mm-hmm. business or anybody you work with. Cut out the sarcasm. Sounds weird. But I'm telling you, sarcasm, I don't care what your relationship, I don't care if it's with your brother or anybody, you're ruining your relationship and you're hurting it. That's the biggest thing that changed my life with my wife is we promised ourselves. you expand on that? Like why? What's the reason behind that? Because sarcasm is nothing but a lie that's being covered up. Mm, because or, you're or, saying something sarcastic. Sorry, it's not, yeah, it's not or necessarily. Or like a joke, but yeah. it's like something that you're like, hey, it's this a, is true, yeah. but it's not really. It's a hurtful truth that you don't have the guts to mm, talk about. Okay, okay, so okay. when we cut out sarcasm, if there's something I have to let my wife know, 
I have to be honest with her. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you get in the habit of sarcasm, and I hear people all the time say, oh, I'm just a sarcastic person. It's like they're just being funny about it, and they think it's a funny thing. Sarcasm destroys relationships. I don't care what the relationship is. It destroys it. Stop it. <laughs> and I could get I have other – I have a whole hour or two lesson that I teach on yeah. sarcasm itself. It's destroying marriages. It's destroying business partnerships. Stop it. So real quick, you know, just where could people find you? Where can people find me? Well, it depends. <laughs> uh, on Facebook, I've got a uh, I've got a Facebook group, uh, Jeff Coons, uh, and the last name K U N Z. Uh, we've also got a, a, a website, SummitLifeAcademy.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we tailor to a very specific market. Uh, it's a big market. We tailor to parents and and people who are trying to improve their relationships and whatnot. But that's that's how you find me. And uh, but yeah. Anyway. Okay, I love it, man. And. Before we jump to the last segment, you mentioned, you know, when you came in and we were catching up real quick, like you mentioned you spent almost 80 grand in personal development and you hit, you were broke, you were depressed. Like currently, like this is like why I love talking to people like you is because it's now like your mentors that you're talking about, like Darren Hardy he's passed most of those big <laughs> challenges, you know, like we don't get to talk to him. Yeah, he's 20, not calling <laughs> 20 years ago, you know, but we get to talk to you right now. And that's what's so powerful is look at what you're still doing. The mindset that you have, even though just two months ago you're depressed, you know? So you set a goal, um, earlier last month, you told me that you made $0. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a goal this year. I'll ask you what it is in a second. And you told me that you're going to do whatever it takes. You were broke. So you're moving into your uh, your in-law's house, right? Or your parents? Uh, my in-laws. Your in-laws. They live right next door. And like no one, or not no one, but so many people will not do that because it's uncomfortable or it's inconvenient. And or so embarrassing. I, <laughs> or embarrassing. But I really do. Like I want to acknowledge you. Like props to you for doing that. Thanks like for believing in yourself that much. And I hope people can take a lesson, even just taking 3%, right? Back to the 3% of your energy and focus, I think will help people a lot. So what is your goal this year? So zero in revenue in December. What is your goal every month this year? Uh, Every month's a little bit difficult, Mm -hmm. but by the end of the year, I want at least one month where I've hit six figures. Mm -hmm. And there, we have a very clear roadmap on how to get there. It's going to be a lot of hard work, but one month this year, even if it's December, um, I mean, obviously one, you know, if we do it in July or August, I'm not going to be happy if it goes down after that. But at one, <laughs> at one point this year, yes. I want a hundred thousand dollar in revenue. At okay. one month. I love it. And I'll, I love hearing those type of goals. So this, uh, this portion of the interview I call scroll my soul. And the reason being is because like I write notes and inspiration of mentors or reading or podcasts that I resonate with or that I think with. So I write it down on my phone and then I randomly scroll through and I pick something for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you already t- touched on this a little bit, but I want you to tell me how you resonate with this thought. So I wrote down simply, there is no magic pill. What does that mean to you? There is no magic pill. There is no magic pill. Oh, I think there's a lot of things, but the first thing that comes to my mind is don't think it's going to be easy. Mm-hmm. Don't think it's going to be given to you. If you constantly walk around and you're saying, all right, what's the next get rich quick? Mm-hmm. You know, you can look at all the people, you know, 
all these stories about people who they invented an app or some invention where all of a sudden they're making billions of dollars. And it's like, well, what's mine on that? Well, if you keep having that mindset, you're ne- you're probably never going to find it. You can go buy all the lottery tickets you want, and you mm-hmm. may never actually win the lottery. So there's no magic pill, and that is just saying, you know what? There's no magic pill, but there are magic formulas, and part of that mm. formula is that you keep going. There's no one pill that's going to just make your entire life great, and this is where it gets back to those problems. If you look at problems as opportunities for growth and learning – then you you know what you can do is it's an accumulation. You can look back 10, 15 years down the line and say, wow, it'll feel like a big magic pill because you'll look at where you were in your life yeah, to where you are now. I, I mean, I've talked to people and I've got, you know, the only mentors I've hired this year are millionaires. I do, mm-hmm. I want to be a millionaire and I do not hire anybody who's not a millionaire. Mm-hmm. And so once, you know, so I look at those people and I ask them their story and they tell me certain things like, yeah, I was broke at one point and it was the worst time of my life and this and that, but I kept going. And so I look at them and say, all right, I do what they do and I don't give up and I keep going. And I know I have a proven business model because somebody else has done it. If they Mm -hmm. can do it, why can't I? Um, but I don't expect it to happen overnight. I love it, man. Will you, hopefully you'll come back in a year. Oh yeah. Because I think if we talk again, the beginning of 2020, like it's going to be pretty sweet and a year isn't even that long that's the thing right it goes by in a blink of an eye like a year goes by so fast but i'm excited to talk in a year to see where you're going because your mindset is incredible so good sir before we end any last tips or advice just to anyone listening what would you say uh, if i were i'm going to try to keep this brief uh <laughs> the first thing i'd say is quit settling mm-hmm. stop it if like, honestly look at your life see where you're at and if it's don't say it's good like honestly if your life is not exactly how you want it Mm. change it and honestly you you should never ever be sitting there saying oh my life is perfect i don't need to change anything there's no such thing as staying the same you either get better you get worse so you have to constantly be fighting for greater and that that does not mean you can't be content or grateful Mm -hmm. one of the things i do every single morning is i sit down and i write in a gratitude journal about everything i'm grateful for Mm -hmm. but once i'm grateful for something it doesn't mean i'm content or satisfied with mediocrity so i keep going so that's a big thing don't be content know what you want and make a decision when you make a decision that you're going to go after it and then part of that decision is when you you know when you say that you're going to do anything to get it, you got to mean it. Mm-hmm. I hear people all the time before they quit their jobs and things. Oh, you know what? I want this dream so much. And I was one of them where I said, you know, I'd be willing to lose my house. I'd be willing to do this. I'd be willing to do that. But 999 out of a thousand of those people say they talk mm-hmm. the talk. But when it comes face to face with, you know, I've never had to file bankruptcy or anything like that. Knock on wood. But mm-hmm. when you're faced with those things, uh, what are you going to do? You know, I came to this reality uh, two months ago where do I need to go back? I can't pay my bills. I can't do these things. But instead, I found another way. And I said, all right, we're going to make this work. Mm. So you have to understand. You have to. It's really hard until you're there to relate uh, the challenges that may come up. But if you sit down and you kind of meditate on it and you think, okay, if I literally had no dollars in my bank account and, (laughs) you know, maybe you have some debt, uh, you have all these things going on. How do you react as a person if your joy or your happiness wavers? And yeah, mine did for a moment. I'm only human, mm-hmm. but it honestly only lasted or lasted like two weeks. Mm-hmm. For some people, that could put them into a six months mm-hmm. or a year, year long or permanent depression after that. 
The fact is, be willing to do what it takes, and I mean anything. What I mean by that is you have to look at your priorities and say, what are my core values? You know, you may look at something and say, my number one priority in my life is my faith. Mm-hmm. My number two priority in my life is my wife and my daughter. My number three priority is the dream. That's my, that's mm. my, you know, progression. You know, it's God, wife and daughter, and then my dream. And so when I was face to face with giving up on my dream because of finances, I looked at that and said, well, if I lose my house, if I lose my savings account, which I already did by that point, if I lose all these things, <laughs> yeah. where are they at on the priority? Should I give up on my dream? Well, I had never written them above my dream. So why would I give up on the dream? Hmm. You have to have the priorities of your core values. I would, my dream is not worth giving up my wife or giving up my faith. None mm-hmm. of those things. That's why I have that progression. But if it's under the dream, if it's under what I want, then it can go until the dream comes true. Boom. Dude, I love it. And that is an amazing way to end it. Jeff, thank you. Thanks for spending the time with me. Um, I'm stoked for you on this journey. It hasn't even been a year. I'm excited to talk again in a year. Really, props to you. And keep pushing. For real, thank you for doing this. Yep, thank you. I appreciate it. Adios. See you guys. All righty, y'all. I hope you love that interview as much as I did with Jeff. And this week's journey, this week's challenge is inspired by Find What Feels Good. You may know her from Yoga with Adrian on YouTube. This is where I first began my yoga journey last year. Um, and I've loved it. Um, I've really noticed a huge difference by doing yoga and I usually use her or do my own practice throughout the week. And we are challenging you to begin your year with five days of yoga. Dedicate not only your time, but your mind and awareness. Get ready to transform your tired energy into useful energy. And if you want more than just five days, visit www.dedicate30days.com. That's 30 as in three zero for the entire 30-day journey for free um, or just google youtube yoga with adrian uh, it's on her youtube it's awesome and there are a few ways you can report back once you complete the challenge i would love to hear how the yoga went you can post on facebook or instagram using hashtag GoLink challenge comment on this episode specific posts on facebook or instagram send us a private message tag us in your stories or use the GoLink hotline to use the hotline call 385 385- six two six zero five two five and follow the instructions let me know how this week goes i love you my name is ben this is the going show